from the red and black, this is the front page. It's Friday, September 10th. This week, we speak with news assistant Foster Steinbeck about what's happening in the state House of Representatives District 117 race. A recent survey from a market research group named The Voter Survey had a series of questions clearly undermining Mocha Jasmine Johnson's campaign. The survey brings up an inaccurately recorded misdemeanor on the Democratic challenger's record, pushing an unsubstantiated claim that she served prison time and had it covered up. Distancing himself from the voter survey, Republican incumbent Houston Gaines released a statement on Facebook saying his campaign has not conducted any polling this election cycle and touted his record on criminal justice reform. The interesting thing, the voter survey has only existed online since this May. On Facebook, the consultancy's page has only one follower, no substantive posts, and a dead-end website. We talked with Foster about his research into the consultancy and what the reactions have been within the District 117 race. So your story is essentially, it's this survey that went out about Mocha Johnson that her team obviously took problem with. Can you kind of just summarize what the story is and what's going on? So in a nutshell, Mocha Jasmine Johnson's campaign has um, basically spoken out against the survey that was distributed to an unknown amount of residents in the general community. And inside the survey, it contains a statement, most accurately, alleging that Mocha Jasmine Johnson was convicted of a felony, that she served time in prison, and then that she convinced a judge to cover it all up. The campaign has basically taken a hard no stance against that. And so the article sort of breaks down like, try and figure out who disseminated the survey, the gains campaign responses, and talking to Mocha and her campaign team about the situation. And the Johnson campaign says this survey takes a now expunged record and kind of blows it out of proportion. So a couple things on that right there. Um, we did uh, try to confirm Mocha Jasmine Johnson's side of the story. We did have a conversation with um, the Florida Department of FDLA Department of Law, some acronym along those lines, and we were not able to get her certificate of eligibility, which she would have needed to file to expunge her record, but they weren't able to share us at that time because we weren't MOCA. But assuming that Johnson's story is true, um, yes, it does take concern. It is sort of an alter, I'm not sure what the proper word is, but stretching the truth. Part of what the survey does is it opens by asking generic questions to the audience, like how do you feel about monuments being how you feel about Medicaid. And then it sort of transitions into, now we're going to present you with some information you may or may not see on the news about these candidates. And based on what you hear, tell us what you, be, tell us what you think, uh, how they would make you um, differently perceive the candidates. And then proceeds to ask a series of objectively biased questions against Houston Gaines, against Mocha Jasmine Johnson and biased in favor of Houston Gaines. And so I assume that kind of tipped y'all off and you went and looked into who was actually publishing the survey. What'd you get on that end? Well, yes, it was generally, the sort of you had a tip from right away to being, obviously you have your own, when you first, when I first saw the survey question, I went, hmm, that doesn't really seem um, necessarily accurate because the wording was sort of vague, convinced. But then when we actually got our hands on the survey, that's when we were able to see that, yes, it is biased. Now actually looking at who disseminated the survey, that was a very tricky matter 
So we went through, I looked through business filings in Georgia and Alabama. I also looked through nonprofit filings on the IRS and then GuideStar. And then we weren't able to find any information on there like a ghost. The only sort of internet stake I could find of it was their Facebook page. And their Facebook page, all their activity that's publicly visible, logo change, um, posts made, uh, it's all dated to May 20th. And it gives no names, it gives no emails, it gives no phone number to reach it. It only provides a link to the website, which is now large, it, it appears to be closed. It only presents a string of numbers at the top that resembles an IP address. And yes, it's been extremely difficult. I, of course, Facebook messages the group like, hello, we'd love to talk to you, but there's been no response whatsoever for them. It's been extremely difficult to attach any concrete names to this organization. You went and talked to the AA. POR, which is American Association for Public Opinion Research, right? And what did they kind of say about it? Yes. So the reason we went to them is because while to me as a reporter, it might seem um, less than the truth, just uh, how the survey was set up, we wanted to talk to somebody, sort of bring a breadth of credibility to the article. So when we, we talked to the Standards Chair Committee, uh, Timothy Triplett, and he basically looked at it and he said, was this a push pull? A push-pull is a unethical telemarketing campaign that's disguised as a survey. So it's like oh, trying to like sneak you in, try to get you to believe something disguised that. And reviewing their guidelines, it did meet a couple of the criteria of being a push-pull and then also made some criteria, criteria of just being a bad survey. So when we came to him with the reporting, he's like, uh, he said uh, in a nutshell, it was tricky because there were some legitimating aspects of the survey um, given the number of people that was sent out to the Johnson campaign estimated it was sent out to hundreds and not thousands. And the fact that at the end of the survey, they do ask personal questions, but some of the uh, factors of the survey that could be uh, violations of their code of conduct are the pointed questions. And then they, did, they didn't identify themselves clearly. When they called, they don't identify themselves on the website, like who's running the survey, who are the names associated with it. And then also to the people we called to, the two accounting residents, um, they did not have any like um, deep explanations about the voter survey. Like, hey, this is where we're based, this is where, the, where we're at. So interesting stuff all around, yeah. I guess this wasn't your a typical push-pull, which would kind of be, um, it wouldn't even have those like legitimate aspects and it was sent out to yeah. a lot of people kind of fast. Yeah, if, if it was a push-pull, from my understanding of reading the AAPR guidelines, it would have been sent to a smaller concentration of people, and, it wouldn't, and the survey wouldn't have been as long. It would basically, if it was a push-pull, to my understanding, the survey would have gone out, hi, here are three questions, respond to them, and then it would be like, Mocha Jasmine Johnson, um, I don't know, shot somebody in her 20s. It would be a series of blatantly uh, untrue questions. But So it's a little tricky in this case. Um, he actually did recommend... Um, that he did say that this case was a worthy investigation, uh, a worthy candidate to be investigated by the AAPOR. What they do, do uh, the organization, they will go out and investigate cases of push-pulls or unethical practices by surveys and then publicly, publicly condemn them as they are the leading uh, institution for public opinion research. So mm -hmm. yeah, we obviously decided not to go through with it because that would be stepping over into advocacy. And this isn't technically over, correct? The Johnson campaign said they may consider litigation. Uh, the Johnson campaign, they said uh, they were considering a lawsuit. And then they also said that uh, two things. One, that they are declined to share any um, information with us or documents or records that could verify her side of the story as they are potentially saving that for filing a lawsuit. And 
their decision to file a lawsuit largely hinges on what happens in these next couple of weeks. If the voter survey, if they get word of the voter survey disseminating another survey or doing uh, tactics in a similar vein, it will push them in a direction where they are more likely to file for a lawsuit. And then the other factor with that is, is that with only two months left, they'd rather, they'd rather spend all their energy focusing on campaigning rather than having to divert more resources into figuring out who to sue because they don't know who the voter survey is either. And then uh, actually uh, filing the lawsuit. And that was the front page. Special thanks to Foster Steinbeck for helping out this week. Head to redandblack.com for more coverage on everything happening in Athens and UGA right now. And check out Foster's full story this weekend. The front page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company and we're sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in next week.